down here for the fire and I'm sure you are too. Father, I just thank you for tonight. Thank you for <coughs> that we can come beyond the sacred veil together. That you have called us to be where you are, in your realm, in your presence. Lord, when you died, the veil was torn in two <coughs> so that we could access your world. So Lord, I ask that you speak tonight. Speak what you want to speak, Lord, and Anything that's of me, just let it be burned up. And let your words come. Amen. <coughs> Tonight I just want to speak, just for a wee while, about our inheritance in Christ that Bill mentioned he didn't know I was going to talk about. How that every spiritual blessing in Christ is in heavenly places. You see, we're going through such dark times as we know the world's went crazy. But we're going to have to learn where our inheritance actually is. We're going to have to learn how to live beyond the veil. We're going to have to learn how to live in the spirit. Because this earth is chaotic. This earth, there's disease and war and all sorts of craziness. But if we can learn to live in the heavenly realm, we're above it. We can live in victory. And I'm, I'm not sure... There is many Christians actually who really have grasped fully what it is Christ has done for us. Because I think the person who grasps that can turn nations upside down. When we realize what has already been obtained, like Bill always says, we're on this side of the veil crying out to God for mercy. We're crying out to God for, we're begging God. But actually we've been given spiritual blessings in heavenly places already. We just haven't realized it, most of us. <clears throat> and this all comes from Ephesians 1, but I'm just going to read one verse from Ephesians 1. And it's Ephesians 1, verse 3. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Do you know, we have been given every spiritual blessing, everything we need for life and godliness, everything we need for this life to live a victorious life has already been given to us in the heavenly realms. And I honestly believe there's a company of people on the earth, and I believe we're part of it, and I'm not being arrogant, who are beginning to discover how to function in the heavenlies, who, who know how to live beyond the veil. To receive those spiritual blessings that Christ died for. How many generations have came and went and not realized the fullness of Christ that they could have had? The blessings that were available. It's almost like there's a room upstairs there. And in that room is everything you ever need. But we don't go there. We've never realized that we can go there. But it says every blessing. Every blessing has been given to us in the heavenly realms in Christ. Every blessing we need for our day, every blessing we need for Scotland, for the, all the chaos, the Brexit, for ha what's happening in politics, COVID-19, 
plagues, wars. <laughs> but yet there's a company of people who are going to know how to walk in the heavenly realms. And it all comes from just, first of all, realizing that every blessing has already been given. Like, we don't need to beg God. We just need to receive from God. And when you read Ephesians 1, one of the first things you see, one of the blessings I'm talking about, it says, we have been chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Now, we just read words like that and we think, that's, that's lovely, that's great. Then we just go on with our life. But let me just read Psalm 139 verse 16 and it says this your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be do you realize every single one of us this is what the Jewish people believed every one of us had a book and in it was written the perfect plan for your life Every single one of us has a perfect plan that we can choose the good, the acceptable, or the perfect. And I believe with all my heart, everybody here can choose the perfect. There's a perfect book for you, and for the church, and for the nation, and for the nations. And I believe it's up to us what one we want. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. See, even if we just grasp this one truth, this is a spiritual blessing that's in the heavenly realms in Christ. When we are saved, when we are born from above, there's a book with the perfect plan for your life. What would happen if we all walked in that perfect tonight? What would happen if every one of us yielded to the Spirit? It's not about begging. It's not about how good we are. We're not good enough. This is already a plan in heaven ordained for us. All we need to say is yes to this plan. Individually, corporately, as a church, as a nation. And actually, God has always chosen a remnant. God has always used a remnant. Like we always talk about Reese Hill during the Second World War. A small group of people in a college in Swansea, they said yes to the perfect and they prayed evil out of their world. Basically, they defeated the Nazis through prayer, but they chose the perfect. They knew there was a book for them. They chose to yield fully to the Holy Spirit. And I believe we're at a day again where God is looking for those people. He's looking for that remnant. Bill, a few weeks ago, spoke about John McPhee's, it wasn't his prophecy, but it's written in the book. It was a prophecy from when, 19, 1920, <clears throat> talking about there would come a time in the future where there'd be a small band of people who God would use to bring in what he spoke about and called the man-child. The man-child is like the mature sons. The apostolic is really all about getting people ready until we walk in the full stature of Christ. A remnant who decide that they want to know what's in that book. I, I want to know what's in that book. Like, what is it I was born for? What is it you were born for? What is it perfect? Otherwise, you'll just go through life 
and you'll just have a good life or an acceptable life. And it's not about age. Moses was 80 years old when God chose him to go to Pharaoh and speak as an oracle. Joshua and Caleb were in their 80s when they got into the promised land. But they decided, we want to know the perfect will. <laughs> I don't know about you. I don't want to go through life and just get to the end of my life and discover there was a book written about me that had the perfect will of God in it. And I did not fulfill it. But imagine if there's a group of people in Glasgow in 2020 who decide, Lord, I want to know what's in that book. I want to know the perfect for my life, for my family. We've got to make the choice because otherwise life just passes by. And before we know it, another generation's gone. I believe every single generation gets a chance to see the perfect will of God. But we must choose to walk in God's perfect path for us. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says, This day I call the heavens and the earth as a witness against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses, curses now choose life. There is a choice for the church in Scotland right now. And we will choose the good, the acceptable, or the perfect. Sometimes it might sound as if we're coming across quite harsh against the church, whatever. I love the church, but I want to be walking in the perfect. I believe there's a perfect manifestation of the body of Christ on earth. I believe there's a perfect man-child that Bill talks about where we can walk in the fullness of the stature of Christ, where we can see the fullness of the movings of the Holy Spirit, where we can see what God meant when he said, I will build my ecclesia. I don't want anything less. I, I am not born for anything less. None of us are born for anything less. But what did the Lord mean? What did Jesus mean when he said, I will build my ecclesia? What did he mean when he said he would come and dwell with us? Have we to have a lesser experience than the Old Testament saints? Have we to have a, a lesser experience than an, a, an Old Covenant? No, we've not. We have got a better covenant based on better promises. If Moses can meet God face to face, how much more should we be able to go beyond the sacred veil? Only the high priest could go there before, but now we are welcomed in. In fact, it says, boldly approach the throne. Any generation that's ever seen God move, there was always one or two people. Whether it was Evan Roberts in Wales, or the two old ladies in the Earl of Lewis, or the Jeffrey brothers, someone decided they were going to get to know the Lord beyond the veil. Someone decided they wanted to be filled. They wanted the fullness they wanted the experience of the Holy Spirit filling them. Somebody decided they were not settling for the status quo. Somebody somewhere decided, I am not accepting it. Evan Roberts said he was disturbed by the state of the church. He was actually disturbed 
And he went to every prayer meeting because he said, I, I, I cannot not go in case I miss, in case God comes. <laughs> and Evan Roberts, actually, before the Welsh revival, and you can read about it, he was taken to heaven every single night for three months. And then God spoke to him and said, go and preach. And he said that I knew then God was going to move in Wales. And in fact, he was going to move in the whole world. And I believe we as a generation, there's an awakening. And it may be just as a few people, a small company of people, a small band of people. But we must choose it for our own life. We must say, Lord, I yield to you. Because we have been predestined for adoption. To walk in the fullness of sons of God. Do you know there was um, three, I talk about this a lot, three festivals for the men of Israel were told to go to Jerusalem to encounter God. One was Passover, the second was Pentecost, and the third was Tabernacles. We go through this phase of this journey in our own individual life. Passover, salvation, the Passover lamb, the blood, you're born again. And then you feel God's pulling you further to Pentecost. And some go further, some churches go further, some denominations go further, some generations go further. And they go a bit further and they experience the movings of the Spirit. They experience the gifts of the Spirit. And it was amazing because they turned the world upside down. People like Smith Wigglesworth, the Jeffrey brothers, the Pentecostal movement. But there's something even beyond that. And it's a company of people who are going to walk in the fullness of tabernacles. You see, tabernacles is actually the fullness. Pentecost was actually a first fruits festival. First fruits is like a tenth. Do you know, if you've ever read revivals and, and, and the history of revival, the Isle of Lewis, where God came to a, a whole region. Six, seven hundred people in one night run out of their houses because of the fear of the Lord coming to a whole region. Maria Woodworth Etta in America, something like 30 mile radius <coughs> of the glory. Smith Wigglesworth, miracle signs wonders. He told someone with one leg to go into a shop the, the shoe shop and buy a pair of shoes and as soon as they bought the pair of shoes the leg grew in but all that was under Pentecost they saw marvelous they saw the glory they saw the fear of the Lord they saw mass revivals in nations it said of George Jeffries when he walked in the room it was like he was like a door in the heavenly realm he was like a door and it's like everyone came into that realm of God because he walked in that realm of God. He was God's friend. And he walked in that realm and he would look at a, a section and say, if there was someone with um, um, bone conditions or whatever, and if he said one word, everybody in that section who had bone trouble, their bones all clicked into place because he had authority in his voice. They walked in power, they walked in authority. 
like Smith Wigglesworth walking through a train and the people near him just weeping because of the presence of God on them. All these saints of old that I love and, and I read about, but do you know, God's got something greater for us. The Celtic saints turned the world upside down. But they all functioned, in a sense, under the Pentecostal era. And God wants to take us to the perfect. I believe with these ecclesias that God wants to buff, there's a realm of God coming. That's the perfect will. You see, we talk about church and what church should be. But what does God think about what church should be? It's a place where we will grow into the mature sons. Walking in the full stature of Christ like no generation has ever seen. <laughs> there are all these blessings. Our inheritance in Christ. Every spiritual blessing. Everything you can imagine. That's ours. Every promise in God. Is in the heavenly realms. It's in the spiritual realms. And I think somehow as a church we have not realized where our inheritance actually is. Galatians 4, 1 to 7 says, and this is where we've been, I believe. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. Though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit. His spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Now, we can stay at the level of a slave all the time we are Christians. We can stay at the place of just being born again. Just getting through life. Just getting by, even as a church, even as a nation. You see, I'm talking about the good or the perfect or the acceptable. There's three levels we can stay at. And I believe God in this company of people is calling us to the perfect. What would it look like? What would it look like if suddenly the Lord had mature sons who are not slaves, who know what it is to be adopted into full sonship, walking in the full stature, realizing that we are actually heirs of God. You see, we can read the Bible and just, this is lovely language, we are heirs of God. What does that even mean? We are heirs of God. And I, I am convinced that in this generation there's an awakening, but it's not an awakening just to revival. It's an awakening to realize who we are. That we are the sons of God. And God is about to move through us. In ways we've never seen. It's beyond what any church age has ever seen. 
And we have been sealed with this, the Holy Spirit of promise. Do you know, even though we've been given fullness, that fullness has came in a seed. Our generation has lived in a Pentecostal era where we have enjoyed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But we are going to experience the fullness of the Spirit. Let me just read some scriptures to prove that to you. 2 Corinthians 1.22 says, God also sealed us and gave the Spirit as a down payment in our hearts. Do you know what that means? You have been given the Spirit as a down payment. If I give you a down payment, it means I've not given you the full amount yet. Yes, we've been given fullness in the sense of a seed, a seed of Christ, the seed of fullness. But there's something to come because we have been given a down payment. New International Version says, <coughs> He has set his seal of ownership in us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. The Amplified Bible says, He has also appropriated and acknowledged us as his by putting his seal upon us and giving us his Holy Spirit in our hearts as a security, security deposit and guarantee of the fulfillment of his promise. The Knox Bible says, it is he who has anointed us, just as it is he who has put his seal on us and given us the foretaste of his spirit in our hearts. Romans 8.23 says, not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, growing inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship. We have been given the first fruits. Pentecost was the first fruits. We, in our born again experience, have been given the down payment. The man child, the mature sons that we talk about, is the full stature of Christ. In other words, you've been given a seed, and in that seed is the full potential of God himself. And we have never, ever, ever seen a generation who walks in the fullness of God himself. You see, that was the purpose of the apostolic. It says they were there until we walk in the full stature of Christ and become the perfect man. The Spirit of God was given in Pentecostal era. It moved, the Spirit of God moved across the earth in 1906 up until now. But that was like a seed, a down payment for what is to come. We have been given a foretaste of something so majestic, something hidden in the heart of God that we have never ever imagined. It's greater than just nice meetings. It's greater than just a nice revival or a nice outpouring. This is the mature sons who look like Christ. Let me read this scripture to you. This is 1 Peter 1, 4, 6. I, I read this a few weeks ago. It was Emma who read it, and it utterly blew my mind. Because it's almost like there's been something hidden in the heart of God for our day. 
that we've not even realized because we can see the darkness we can see all the horrible stuff we can focus on that and we're not denying it darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the peoples but my glory is going to be seen upon us <coughs> 1 peter 1 46 says we are reborn into a perfect inheritance that can never perish never be defiled and never diminish it is promised and preserved forever in the heavenly realm for you through our faith the mighty power of god constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time May the thought of this cause you to jump for joy, even though lately you have been, you have had to put up with the grief of many trials. The mighty power of God guards us until this full salvation is ready to be revealed. Do you know the word revealed actually means apocalypse? <laughs> we talk about the apocalypse in the end times, and again, I'm not saying there's not things going to happen. But what about the apocalypse, the revealing, the unveiling of Christ in us? You see, there's an unveiling happening on the earth right now. It's unveiling darkness. It's unveiling corruption. We're beginning to see it in the news. That's why you can see things and it's just been uncovered. But there's also going to be an uncovering of the mature sons. There's going to be an uncovering, a revealing, a manifestation of Christ. We're crying out for revival, but actually creation is crying out for the manifestation of the sons. All creation is not crying out for a, a move of the spirit even. All creation is crying out for the manifestation of the sons. In other words, all creation, all the nations of the earth, the peoples of the earth, the families of the earth is crying out for us and crying out for Christ in us to be revealed. We need to be the ones with the answers. We need to be the ones who, who are the ecclesia. We need to be the ones who can walk through the streets. And even if there's a greater plague than what's there now, we can walk through it and every single person gets healed. Do you know, we're coming in days where that will happen. We're coming in days where we will walk in such power that people will mob us and there'll be no social distancing because we'll be mobbed. <laughs> like they did with Jesus, just to touch him. Why? Because Christ is about to be revealed in us. The fullness of Christ, the reason he died, the inheritance that's in heavenly places that's been kept hidden until now. And every spiritual blessing is in that dimension. Every spiritual blessing is in the heavenly realms. And we have been given access Otherwise, that would be cruel, wouldn't it? All these blessings in the heavenly places that Christ died for and we have no access. The fact that the veil was torn in two. The fact in Hebrews it says that you can boldly approach the throne. So how do we access these blessings then? And I've only touched on a few. First of all, we must know where they are. 
heavenly realms. I mean, that's what Ephesians 1 says, isn't it? It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I believe we're going to learn how to live there, how to access the heavenly realms like no other generation. We must believe that we can access them. Do you know that there was a, such a harsh word in Hebrews? And it was talking about children of Israel. It says, don't harden your hearts when the Spirit speaks. Because that's what happened to the children of Israel. They hardened their hearts in unbelief. And they did not get into the promised land. And what does the promised land mean for us? It means these realms of God that we can access. We must believe that Jesus died for us so that we could access the heavenly realms. And we must boldly approach the throne and ask for what we need. For example, healing. The other week there I spoke to Bill and I really felt from the Lord that the Lord was about to move and heal and in miracles like we've never seen. And Bill went after the exact same thing. The exact same thing. I believe it's overdue. I believe God's about to move in a real healing, whatever you want to call it. It should just be natural. It's not even, I was going to call it a healing revival, but we shouldn't need to call it revival. But you see, that's where our blessings are. It's in the heavenly realm. So if you ever get sickness, for example, that realm of healing is in that realm. For he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. You see, we need to learn how to go beyond there and behold him. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is spirit. We need to behold him. How do you behold him? He is not in this realm. He is beyond that sacred veil. He is in his spiritual dimension. Every spiritual blessing is in heavenly places. Everything we need. We don't need to beg. That's my whole point. My whole point is we don't need to beg. We need to go there and receive it. So, Bill, can I put on my music if you can turn yours off? If yours are up for it, I just want to spend three or four minutes just beholding the Lord and asking for whatever we need. If it's healing, if it's for a family member, if it's for finances, wherever it might be, because I really believe we need to know how to access this. And it's not difficult. It's just turning into Jesus.
ich dann auch. Battery 100%. Ha. Glad that. If you want to stand, <coughs> that's okay. Everybody could just stand. I'm not going to get you to do anything embarrassing or anything, so don't worry. Let's just close our eyes. Ready to pair. <laughs> Connected to one plus seven four. Connected. Father. Your word says that every spiritual blessing is in heavenly places in Christ. Father, by faith, we step in, we turn towards you, Christ, who lives in us. And we behold you as in the mirror, face to face. Jesus. Lord, we come to you in your heavenly realm. And Lord, we ask for that which we need. We ask for healing. Anyone here needs healing, just ask them. Your heavenly spiritual blessing is here. Whatever it is you need, simply ask. For others, ask about your book. See, I want to know the perfect. I want to know the perfect will of God for me. Lord, will you reveal it? However you want to reveal it. Will you reveal that perfect will for my life, for my family, for my children? I want to know what's in that book. Your individual purpose <coughs> of the book. Ask God, what is my part? What is my destiny? What is it you want me to do? See all the blessings, the will of God, the mind of God is in the heavenly realm.
Maybe God wants to put on you tonight an anointing, a mantle. Ask him. What is the desire of your heart? Ask him. Say, Lord, I want to do this. Because the desire of your heart was put there by the Lord. Lord, we ask for the blueprint for for Arise Scotland. For Scotland as a nation, Lord, we want the perfect. Lord, we want that realm of God. that sees whole regions under the glory of God. Lord, in this realm, we ask you for miracles, healings, Father, you spoke to me, you spoke to Bill, and you've spoke to others about a realm of healing that you want to bring. I ask, Lord God, that you will release it tonight. A stream, a river of healing for us tonight, but also for Glasgow, for the city. Maybe begin to hear of healings and miracles that we've never heard of. May the blind begin to see. May the deaf begin to hear. May the cripple begin to walk. May those on drugs and alcohol begin to get set free, have visions, encounters of Jesus himself. Lord, I ask that you begin to awaken us. Awaken our hearts, awaken our spirits. Awaken our bodies to the revelation that you have called us to something great. Maybe we've been disappointed. Maybe we've never seen the dreams and visions come to pass. But we are about to see God's dream come to pass. And he just needs us to say yes in our heart. He just needs us to say yes. Lord, I am willing Give me that hill country. Give me that mountain. I want to be part of this. I want to learn how to live beyond the sacred veil. I want to learn how to live in that heavenly realm where all the blessings are already there. I want to learn how to live in that place of commanded blessing not just for me, but for our villages and towns and cities and nations. Lord, let a wave of your glory come. Lord, we thank you for your world, the heavenly realms, Thank you that we've come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God. Surrounded by angels, surrounded by the cloud of witnesses, Jesus, our advocate in the blood.
And we want to stand in this governmental realm and say, Lord, let Glasgow flourish again by the preaching of your word. Let there be an anointing come upon people in this congregation, Lord, an anointing to preach not just the letter, but in the spirit, in the anointing, in the glory, in the fear of God again. Lord, I ask it gifts, the Lord releasing gifts upon people tonight. Heavenly gifts. Just receive what heaven wants to give you. Gifts of healing, gifts of miracles, gifts of prayer, but beyond the veil prayer. Receive it from the Lord. You don't need to receive it from a man laying hands anymore. Receive it from the Lord. Thank you for the cloud of your presence, Lord. And I thank you from this place, Lord, that you are raising up governmental hubs. Lord, even though the numbers are small, we believe that you are raising up your government across this land. You're raising up again true, authentic apostles and prophets. We decree that these apostles and prophets, it's not about titles, but it's about those who know how to model the full stature of Christ in the land. Those who walk in the fullness, those who are filled with Christ-likeness. Those who walk in true authority and power. Oh Lord, raise them up again. Raise up places who enter into the Holy of Holies through that beautiful worship that we've lost, Lord. Real worship beyond the sacred veil. Raise up houses of worship, houses of government, houses of true anointing, houses of the presence of God, houses of healing, houses of miracles but not about men or ministry, but about Christ. Christ ones. Christ ones, raise up Christ ones. Lord, these people here, put your anointing upon them. I'm asking for a special blessing on all these faithful, amazing people who come, Lord God, all the time as much as they can. Lord, faithful people, faithful through the years, hungry for you. Lord, from this place of beyond the sacred veil, put your hand upon these people, Lord. If I could name you all I would, but I'll forget. Just, Lord, put your hand on all of these people. May there be a fire come. May there be a fire come. 
the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in us like it did when we were younger. Let that fire stir again. Let that fire come upon our heads. Let that fire come upon the government of our body. May that fire come upon our hearts. The fire of the Holy Spirit again. May we have a Pentecost, Lord. Yes, but may it go into the fullness of tabernacles. Raise up holy ones in the land. A holy, fearful army. Lord, where two or three are gathered, there you are. Raise up the twos and the threes across the land, across the north, like Jean Darnell saw. The twos and the threes, they're not just meeting, Lord God, just to have a holy huddle, but meeting in governmental purpose, filled with the Spirit, filled with the love of God, filled with the holiness of God, filled with the fear of God. An army. Lord, may we be the ones that see the return of the fullness of your glory amongst us and with us. Where unsaved people come near the door, even 5, 10, 15 mile radius, and come under the spirit of conviction again, come under the spirit of truth. Some of them come in under the love of God and embraced by the Father. Others come in under the spirit of the fear of the Lord. put your seal of approval on every single person here Lord and raise them up to walk in the fullness of their calling to walk in the perfect not just the good or the acceptable these beautiful people are just saints 